I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Y'all better grab your extra large popcorn. We are in the thick of things with great films. I am open and positive. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Let's throw okay. on these boxer gloves. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we do a deep dive on a new release that just hit theaters or streaming. I'm Helen. And I'm Miss Sinclair. Edison can't be with us today because he is still traveling. Uh, As we mentioned last episode, he spent some time in Mexico. He's somewhere else right now or coming home from somewhere. I don't know. He's out in the world. Who knows where that man is. Yeah, he's out in the world having fun. Um, He isn't here, but we are joined by Felicia Maroney who is a good friend of mine and a listener of this podcast and she has her own podcast seeing faces in movies thank you for being here Felicia yeah it's really nice of you to guest host (laughs) how are you you don't have to thank me I should be thanking you I've been wanting to you've always been the past I've listened to I've listened to every episode even oh the my movies that I um, sometimes I'll skip the ones like the starting if I do want mm. to watch a movie and I haven't seen it. And then if it's a horror movie, I will just listen to it because I don't care about the spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll listen to the episode. So I'm very happy to join for season seven. Yes. Yay! You've been very supportive. And mm. tell us a little bit. I mean, I mean, I know about your podcast, but for listeners, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about seeing faces in movies. Yeah, so it's a weekly podcast, but each month I focus on like a different director or a cinematographer. So this is a monthly series, and then I invite guests on to pick a movie within that artist, you know, filmography, and then I mm-hmm. let it be their choice, and then we'll discuss it. Um, but because I'm choosing the artist, chances are I love the movie too. So it's just yeah. been like a gush fest. Mm. Um, but it's just a celebration of where that film fits in that the filmography and where they were in their career as opposed to a breakdown of the mm-hmm. film so cool and sounds we, serious but it's not we chatted sunset boulevard <laughs> so if anyone wants to yep. listen to us gush about that movie you can listen to the sunset boulevard <laughs> episode felicia have you always been a movie buff i guess so like both my parents are really big movie nerds nice um so it just was kind of inherent. I think all of us are, like my siblings and I. I just took it to the nerdier level of going <laughs> to school for film and watching several movies a day. But mm-hmm. I think we're all like really big movie nerds. They just like different types of films that I mm-hmm. than I like. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is who's the focus right now this month on the John Cassavetes? Oh yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've had my thoughts (laughs) that I've shared with Felicia. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, are we ready to get into this week's film? Let's do it. All right. Nestled in the serene French Alps, among high trees and snowy landscape, there lies a chalet. Novelist Sandra Voiter, who is living there with her husband Samuel and son Daniel, is having a lively chat with an attractive female grad student interviewer. Suddenly, the interview is disrupted by a booming, peculiar sound. But this is not your average cacophony. It is, in fact, the recognizable beats 
of 50 Cent, P-I-M-P, <laughs> done as an <laughs> instrumental cover. As P-I-M-P gets louder, we begin to question why Sandra's husband is so willing to disrupt his wife's one-on-one. Could this be a sign of marital strife? Or does he simply love that song, as we all do? <laughs> but on this seemingly normal day, a body is found. Shortly after Sandra's interview, Samuel turns up dead. Death by fall. But this is not just a clear-cut case. There are questions surrounding Samuel's death, and fingers seem to be pointing at Sandra. In Justine Trier's critically acclaimed Anatomy of a Fall, we are plunged into Sandra's journey while her life, character, and morals are put on trial. The film harkens back to our favorite courtroom dramas while shaking up the genre and giving us a compelling roller coaster ride and a portrait of a marriage. Anatomy of a Fall weaves us in and out of the fabric of Sandra's life, but ultimately, it simply asks the question, did she do it? <laughs> did she do it? <sighs> Let's get it, into it. It does ask that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Felicia, thank you for, for seeing a modern film. I know you <laughs> like the old timey films. Yes, um, I do. Very nice only, of you to step into the year select. 2023. <laughs> yeah, only yeah. a few select people can get me to go out and watch a, new a modern film at the cinema. So, but I feel like you Doing like great. French movies. Yeah. I do. Oh yes. Yeah. So that yeah. was probably an an easier sell. It was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we always start off our discussion with our first impression of the movie when we started it. Uh, so, Felicia, what was your first impression when you started Anatomy of a Fall? If you want to go into, you know, where you saw it, how you were feeling when you saw it, sometimes that influences our impression as well. Yeah, so I went to go see this with my partner, and we were the only two in the theater. Oh, wow. And we were in, like, recliner seats, and I was like, I'm taking my shoes off. Oh, I always take my and shoes he off. Was pretty disgusted <laughs> he pretended like he was disgusted but i was like i'm relaxing okay it's only two of us here yeah so that was great and i love courtroom dramas so i assumed mm-hmm. i would like it. it's french as you said um and it starts off with kind of like the little pictures of mm. or like stills essentially mm-hmm. shots of the important parts that you're supposed to pay attention to throughout the story and i was like okay this is a little artsy i'm already down for the ride so <laughs> i was excited for it Nice. Sinclair? Well, when the film starts and you see this beautiful chalet or house in the French Alps, I immediately was like, wow, that would be nice. Um, (laughs) Right. The setting in this film, A+. Mm -hmm. And when you see Sandra being interviewed, I, I was trying to put together exactly what she does for a living and if she has a certain relationship with the interviewer and she is responding to the questions in a strange way but at the beginning of the film I I didn't really question it too much or think that was too odd and that does come back later on in the film but it's not something that I necessarily clocked right away what I did notice was the blaring of Mm -hmm. the steel drum 
P-I-M-P. <laughs> yeah. And that is such a bold and strong choice. Yeah. To uh, It's such a bold way to start the film. And also, I was like, why isn't she stopping her husband? Like, I would be so mad. Mm. I'd be yeah. like, please shut the F up. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but she doesn't really stop him. And she kind of cuts the interview short. So that was weird at the beginning. I was like, something's going on there. Mm. Yeah. Helen? Well, so I'm in Ottawa right now. And I didn't necessarily anticipate that this wouldn't be super accessible because there's for the most part in Toronto you can see a movie that you need to see for the most part um but luckily there this was playing at a very tiny adorable theater called the Mayfair Theater it was about a 40 minute walk from where I'm staying in Ottawa and Mm. I walked there on Monday night and it is just the cutest little independent theater Mm -hmm. it's one screen it's like it was opened in 1932 and it was, you know, initially, I think, uh, like a stage for like stage production. So it's got like uh, like a little balcony and stuff. And it was just the cutest place. And I was so happy that I happened to have to go there to see the movie because I probably wouldn't have done that otherwise. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love nothing more than a little independent movie theater. Yeah. It's, you know movie theaters are my church so it's like stumbling upon like a really cute old church <laughs> for <Yes>. me <laughs> Play, my place of worship yeah um but in terms of the movie actually starting honestly when I saw the blind child bathing the dog I was like I cannot with this this I know. is going to break my heart I can't nothing bad can happen to this dog or this boy there, it was well, just so yep. pure <laughs> it was so pure I was like no mm-hmm. no it was like immediately like pulling at my heartstrings that relationship between the boy and the dog I was just like no 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 nothing bad please so yeah, yeah that's where I started well maybe we get into storytelling yeah um you know Felicia you're a big fan of the courtroom drama mm-hmm. um and Justine Triette cites anatomy of a murder as being a big influence uh for this movie i have seen that one her other one that she cites is compulsion which i have not seen but i feel like you have seen it yes Um, that's so funny because i was like this would make a great pairing with compulsion Uh, yeah it's like a good good double feature Um, but i like that this was a mix between a courtroom drama and a family drama Mm -hmm. this had Kramer versus Kramer in there there was marriage Mm. story and it the storytelling does a good job of inviting us into both worlds into the courtroom and also into their family and into the dynamics of their marriage and I think that it does that really well it's kind of two genres in one for sure yeah um how did you feel about having a lot of the marriage be the focus and like getting an insight into that and then bouncing back and forth between their life and also the courtroom. So I couldn't help but see similarities between this and the staircase. Oh, I know. Same. So for anyone who doesn't know, the staircase was initially a documentary and then there was also like a dramatization of the documentary of the real thing. Um, But in terms of the documentary, it was about an author named Michael Peterson whose wife Kathleen died in 2001 and she fell down 
the stairs. And he was eventually convicted of murder in 2003, but there was eventually a retrial. And then he ended up entering an Alford plea, which is a, a very weird thing. Um, mm-hmm. But he got released from prison in, in 2017. But he was bisexual, just mm-hmm. like Sandra. Mm-hmm. He was an mm-hmm. author like her. And I do think that they, there was um, like a dissection of his writing with his trial the same way there was with hers. And there was, you know, infidelity was questioned. Um, there, They also had a weird blended family situation where two of his daughters were actually adopted daughters from a woman who also fell down the stairs and died in Germany. Like, anyway, it's very, very (laughs) strange. But I couldn't help but see the similarities with this. And I think that what was so interesting about the storytelling for this movie in particular is like, yes, it's a courtroom drama. It also felt a little bit like it was a documentary at times. Mm -hmm. And I think what it, it, it succeeded at was showing us the humanity in this sort of like things that get us obsessed with true crime Mm -hmm. it did that in this movie even though it was fictional so focusing on the marriage I think is something that happens in those true crime documentaries of similar stories right yeah so I I think that it that was it was important to show that yeah here and that's an infuriating watch the staircase because you truly are like (laughs) Did he do it? And that's how I felt yeah. in this one where I, I just, she was so convincing the whole time. I was like, did she, sh- did she do this? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Felicia. Yeah. It's interesting with this because I think it's really important to have all the family stuff. And I think it utilizes the two and a half hour run yeah. quite well. I, I didn't feel it. And I usually would feel yeah. something that's over. Me too. 90 minutes to be honest but um <laughs> same girl same yeah but like I couldn't believe when it was done I was like oh my god and like even the stuff with like her lawyer and they mm-hmm. had a background too mm-hmm. and that could have felt forced or too much but I think it just added to the humanity of her mm. and it really made you question like did she do it or mm-hmm. not and I think it also kind of maybe depending on who you are forces you to pick a side and mm-hmm. I don't think either, you know, side is wrong or right. Um, mm-hmm. I know what I think, and it was different than what uh, the person I went to go see the movie thought. <laughs> um, just from different life experiences and okay. what I related yeah. to in her right. or the other characters. Um, it's also just like seeing a mother. And so it was a lot. Right. But that's amazing because feeling that. And having the different points of views, that's how a juror would feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're being swayed by all these different things and you can't help but base your opinion on your own experiences and what you know to to be true in your own life. Uh, that's why, yeah. you know, the jury selection process is, is so wild. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, I would I would never want to do that, I don't think. It would be, be so exhausting. Yeah, like I just, watching yeah. this movie... It is so compelling and it feels Mm -hmm. very riveting. But what I loved about it is at the same time, you do feel exhausted by the trial Mm -hmm. at the end. And watching this, I was like, I don't think I could ever go through a trial, like being a juror. 
Yeah. I've always kind of case. wanted to. Yeah. It would like it suck would be if it interesting. was a really boring case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, I wanted to mention having the protagonist be the suspect yeah. in a courtroom drama is a really refreshing take on this genre because normally in these types of films, you're following a lawyer and mm-hmm. he's usually a man, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But because you're following a lawyer, their job is to get to the truth and you kind of rely on them to discover the truth. But when you have this unreliable main character and they're the suspect, you still want the truth from them, but you don't know if what you get in the end is the actual truth. So whether or not, you know, obviously we're spoiling this, but, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if the character does get off they still have to live with the fact that everyone will always question if they did it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I I did feel swayed to be on her side because she is our, our main character. And I had a feeling, you know, again, I was I was also very swayed by the by Daniel, the son. And there was a point where I was like I don't care whether she did it or not, but she can't go to prison because this kid needs a parent. Like right. I actually just felt yeah. like, no, sorry, I don't care. She can't, she can't go to prison. You can't take his mom away too. No, I don't care if yeah. she's a murderer. You, you <laughs> almost want to be like, you know what? Good that she did it. You know, fine. <laughs> Even if she did do it, it's whatever. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that is it's something too. Like that plays into people's perception of, of people in real life who are mm-hmm. on trial and of characters, obviously in movies, but like that was something that was swaying me as an audience member. Felicia, did you feel that the actual like evidence that was presented in this, mm. did that sway you one way or another? No, I feel like they were reaching. Well, yeah, especially with like the prosecutor actually scared me. Like he was good was like, at his job. He was great, he was and I was like, he would get me to admit to stuff that I had never done in my life. I, <laughs> I, I murdered this person. Sure, um, <laughs> he's very intense, but it's very it's confusing with the, the child because I think that he goes through different things. Of, I think there's a point that he thinks that his mom did it. Oh, and definitely. And I think there's a point where he's like, I don't want to lose my mom. Yeah. So is he purposefully misremembering things yeah. or is he, you know, just being like, you know what, it's, I can't lose both my parents. So mm-hmm. am I going mm-hmm. to say this and that to it? And I think it's just so interesting to have the kid be one that, that actor is like insane. Incredible. Right. Yeah. So good. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Um, but then also having him and his little background story of how he w- went blind and just that also adds to the okay he can't lose another parent because what happens to him right Mm -hmm. um well and he's an unreliable witness too because that's his mother also he he is blind and he's a child so there's this suspense of well what's he he gonna do and what does he actually know to be true Mm -hmm. and Another thing I thought was really interesting that added to feeling her frustration in the courtroom was that she's German and she couldn't speak yeah. French as well as yeah. 
everybody else. And she's like in the French courtroom. And can you imagine not being able to fully explain yourself in the language that you're comfortable with? Yeah. And how that could get misconstrued and could affect the outcome. Mm -hmm. Or even how you're perceived, you know, because Mm -hmm. people that speak different languages or have different cultures have certain social norms and certain ways of expressing emotion. And there's so many differences that if you're being judged on everything you do as a person and you're not even able to present yourself to appease, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the people that you're trying to appease, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into performances now. Um, mm-hmm. So Sandra Hewler plays the character of Sandra, and she's worked with Justine before. Um, and Justine actually said that she wrote this with with Sandra in mind. I think that she is... She makes this movie as full as it can be mm-hmm. in, term, in terms of us not knowing if she's guilty or not like she's she plays it incredibly well um and I'm sure you probably both read this but Sandra asked Justine I need you to tell me like did she do it or not Mm. and Justine was like uh you play it like she's innocent I want you to play it like she but she wouldn't tell her (laughs) because anyone would in that situation unless you want to go to jail like you would But I love that she didn't yeah. tell her because yeah. then there's no level of like duplicity or anything. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the option to say, okay, I'm guilty, but I'm going to play innocent. It's just, mm-hmm. y- you're going to play innocent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Felicia, your thoughts on Sandra? <laughs> I mean, she's she's great, right? Like I could have just watched her the whole movie. Um and it is mainly her. She does carry it on her back, but I could have just watched her play it. I think it also helps that we don't, audiences don't know much about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's essentially the counterpart to her would be Kate Blanchett, if we're going to yeah, be honest and here. Like, yeah. But like with Kate Blanchett, because we know so much of her, despite the fact that she would obviously kill this role, you're going to think a certain way right off the bat because yeah. like this is Kate Blanchett playing this role this is another an actress you might have seen her and like Tony Erdman maybe you haven't mm. seen her at all this is the first time you've seen her uh you're automatically like I really don't know what the deal is here mm-hmm. because I don't have any background knowledge of her at all and I think that's to her advantage in this film and she's just so great to watch because I I don't know. I'm just so pro Sandra in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I say it. Like I'm her biggest fan. I really don't mm. care if she did it or not. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. I was like, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Team Sandra. Yeah, this is one of my favorite performances so far this year. Mm-hmm. She's so good, and she's she's so believable that. She has to be telling the truth, and if she's not, she's the world's best liar. But, you know, at the same time, we don't know her. Uh, We don't know the level of rage and anger that she can reach. And she's just, she's so, she's so believable. And the scene with her husband when they do the fight scene is one of the best scenes I've seen this year. And it's one of the best Mm -hmm. marriage fight scenes. Mm -hmm. And... 
it honestly reminded me of marriage story because how can you judge a person based on what they say in a fight you know yeah and the people that can hurt you the most is the ones you love sometimes and you know in marriage story he says i wish you'd get cancer and die (laughs) <laughs> and like you just people can say the worst things to each other and it doesn't mm-hmm. your relationship and and how you are in a fight doesn't necessarily mean you're a murderer and she was so good in in that scene where you're like well everyone can get like that but then at the same time you're like oh she was really fucking mad maybe she did push him out i don't know <laughs> you know yeah uh yeah incredible yeah mm-hmm. i like um, how long that scene was too mm-hmm. yeah because it feels like you really needed to see the beginning of it and how calm she is because i really that's when i i had identified her with her most mm-hmm. of the movie but i was just like the way she was sitting there just trying to diffuse and she was really <laughs> yeah. trying to get out of it and she yeah, gave yeah, so yeah. many outs until she was like okay now we're that's fighting. it i'm going in yeah 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 and i was like yep been there yeah <laughs> Mila Machado Grainer, who played Daniel, I thought was like a a true gifted actor. Yeah. Like you can't teach that the way that he was acting in this movie, especially for someone so young. Like he was really great. I also was I was trying to find out if he does have sight, if he is impaired sight wise, but I couldn't find anything about that. I think that he is, but I'm also not 100 percent. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But he gets that amazing moment that's usually delivered by the lawyer in a movie. Mm. It's that Matthew Mm. McConaughey, like a time to kill monologue. It's it's the like these the closing thoughts by our, you know, our quote hero, the lawyer. I thought it was really interesting that she gave the son that that moment in the movie mm-hmm. that would normally go to the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only time I've ever seen like a really, well, there's a lot of great child performances, but one that was like super raw, like that was another uh, French film called Panette. And the little girl was like four years old. I don't know how mm-hmm. she managed to pull off that performance. But with this, I think that he was so good. The other, the adult actors were, feeding off of it too mm. and we're like mm-hmm. okay we can treat you equally for you know mm. lack of a better term because mm. sometimes the way they're talking to, and I know it's obviously in the script but sometimes the way they're talking to him I'm like you know he's a child I right? know so, I know I was like <laughs> be delicate like just relax <laughs> yeah we don't yeah. need to be calling getting angry but like oh, you didn't remember it that way yeah it's like sir he just saw his dad dead. Yeah. His dad's <laughs> dead and like he's a kid. Like how? Uh, yeah. 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 I need to talk about Snoop, the dog. I know. This is his... some of the best dog acting I, I have know. ever seen in a movie. I was completely blown away. And I need to say I've seen bad dog acting mm-hmm. before. <laughs> when a movie mm-hmm. doesn't have the budget to properly use a trained dog like I've seen low budget movies where the dog is supposed to be like snarling and mean and like a zombie and it's like wagging its tail (laughs) looking so happy and and me being like that's the worst dog acting I've ever seen this is the best animal acting and Mm -hmm. I needed to look into this because I couldn't I was like how did they do this so it was a lot of training 
the dog had a trainer there was a little bit of special effects and then there was like a vomit bag kind of Mm. like how a um how a person an actor would use like a vomit bag in a throw-up scene Mm. but snoop was played by messy the dog yeah um seven-year-old border collie and he won at Cannes because this film won the palm door at Cannes. the Mm. dog won the palm dog the palm dog award for outstanding is that a real thing or did they it, just make it up <laughs> i think it's a real well i think it's i don't know if maybe he was the first award or they've done this but it's it's like given unofficially mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but they gave him the palm dog and Aww. he had to train for so long and lie down and like put his tongue out and i hated that scene so much yeah <sighs> i was in shock Aww, it, but I that it, that's a testament to messy to the messy. dog's acting yeah oscar for yeah. messy um, Felicia, you I, are an animal lover. I how did you tolerate that scene? Because <laughs> not well. Yeah. But you you saying all that stuff made me feel a little bit better because I was like, there's no way they actually made this dog vomit because that's no. not legal. Well, I, I, <laughs> I was think, like, I don't care if it's a French film. It's not that's that that's animal abuse. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there has been in movies, not now really, oh, yeah. but in the past, there's been so much mm-hmm. animal abuse that when you watch it, you can't help but think like, right. oh, oh. Yeah. Well, maybe we get into technical. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mentioned this in storytelling, but I loved the times where we had handheld camera and it really did feel like we were watching a documentary mm-hmm. or like the camera would like go back and forth between people as if it was a someone trying to capture this in real time. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was really effective. And one of the things that Justine said in one of these interviews that I watched in terms of the courtroom is that she didn't want it to feel like an American courtroom drama. Like she wanted it to be, I think, it, it, messier. <laughs> and it did feel that way. Like it did. And there was a part of me that was like, is this just what courtrooms are like in Europe? Or mm-hmm. is there liberties being taken with the formalities in this movie in particular? I wasn't sure. Well, it didn't seem as like sensationalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I also liked the handheld stuff. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. And just like, even like the following up the stairs, uh, mm, the yeah. scenes, or even when the camera goes up as we're kind of trying to trace where this music is coming from. Right. Um, and just not. And like, it's obviously you just see the laptop open and it's like an empty space. And that was great. But the courtroom scenes were also, I was wondering the same thing as Helen of like, is this how it is there? Um, or is it taking liberties? Because it's very kind of stuffy. Mm-hmm. Like, they all seem very close to each other. Yeah. And just the layout is not what we're used to. And the camera kind of just like oscillates back and forth between people and kind of circles around. And I found that she. Sandra was often shot from below. So you're looking mm-hmm. up at her quite a bit, which sometimes gave her a very menacing look when it needed to give her a menacing look or it made her seem more, you know, angelic at times. So and she was standing. I just, yeah. She was standing quite a bit. And the way she was standing uh, and the clothing she was wearing, I don't know. I just think it was great. Um, even just, but like the set locations of that chalet. Yeah, and they kept talking about it how it was like a downgrade, and I was like, "What?" I know. (laughs) From what? This is stunning. (laughs) I was like, "I would kill for this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was some shots too that was 
the point of view of the dog, which I thought was really interesting because mm-hmm. the dog mm-hmm. was technically Daniel's eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. And I don't know. I just felt like this didn't have a ton of bells and whistles technically. And that was what made it really good. Like it, it really kept tight on the characters and put that focus cinematography I didn't find to be distracting it didn't take us away from the stories and the characters and I like that I think it worked really well with this this type of film also the music was really well placed I it's such an odd Mm -hmm. choice to pick 50 cents that instrumental version of 50 cent um but I think she originally wanted to to use classical music but that's been so overused in in film and then she really wanted Jolene Do- Dolly Parton's oh, really? Jolene oh, but yeah. couldn't get the mm-hmm. rights and then the next huh. pick was like oh okay 50 cent hmm. <laughs> and it ended up well being how did perfect. you feel about that well like I, when you first heard it I was like this is such a bold choice and then later it does come around with there's a lot of talk about misogyny and also her emasculating him and I think that that song and him blaring that song works really well with what's going on in their marriage yeah it's a good technical choice in terms of of music okay should we go for the big reveal okay but if (laughs) this is the big reveal like do we think she did it or not because yeah you know I'm I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you've watched the movie and we're not mm-hmm. spoiling this for you. But she isn't convicted of the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she did it. Yeah. I don't think she did it either. Oh, no. I don't think she did it either. Okay. There we go. But, but would you're... we be okay if she did do it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm like, if she did it, I also don't think she should go to prison. Yeah. I, I sat with me for like a few days where I was like going through all the scenarios. I was like, listen, mm-hmm. this is probably what happened. And I think it was genuinely, I don't think he killed himself. I think it was an accident. I think he fell. Mm-hmm. They might've had an argument. Yeah. And he tripped and fell, but I don't think she did it. Yeah. But was she even there? Is that, that's my main question. Was she there when he fell? Yeah. But oh. I don't think that he was a bad guy that he deserves to die, but I would, have to support her unfortunately yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know i do think that her having the nap with pimp blaring i don't know if i believe that but the the blood spatter once the blood spatter analysis got in there i was like okay like she doesn't feel like he was bludgeoned like Mm -hmm. it was the blood spatter looked like he had hit the the shed yeah and they also like just in terms of technically like they didn't have a murder weapon they Mm -hmm. didn't have enough evidence to convict her yeah like it just it really wasn't the prosecution's case wasn't very strong it wasn't it was honestly all just people's opinion on is she a good woman or not yeah yeah (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of the point Uh um I'm also just but. so grateful that this was a French film and not an American film because I feel like if it was an American film, at the very end we would like see the murder weapon like hidden, yeah. hidden. or there like would be a you know twist at the end. We'd yeah. get a reveal at the end, or she would admit to it or something. And I'm like, thank God it was ambiguous. Like, yes, I I was so grateful for that. Even though it's frustrating, and you you want to know like as a human, mm-hmm. I was so grateful that it it 
nothing was revealed. <laughs> but think of uh, little Daniel, you know? Mm, do you think yeah. little Daniel one day will look back on this and be like, ah, oh, mom, did, did, did mom do I it? think he's going to question it for the rest Forever. of his Forever. Like, I feel bad yeah. for him. And, yeah. you know, just publicly, she'll always be mm-hmm. known as yeah. the, you know, yeah. the pusher. And there will always be people who think she did it. Oh, yeah. 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 I was immediately like, they need to move. They just need to leave the country. Yeah. yeah. Because she needs to change her be... name. Like, yeah. Back to Germany. Back to Germany. Or London. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, let's like, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, What's the last word on uh, anatomy of a fall? Sinclair, why don't you go? Last word for me. This is a very compelling film there's fantastic performances by human and canine (laughs) check this out you know this won the palm door but it is not being submitted by france what to the oscars why not i don't know they're submitting this other movie with juliette binoche um the taste of things which is like not as seen or popular (laughs) As, as this movie. So I don't know. I feel like. Well, it could still get a nomination just as a film, right? Like it's just not going to be no- submitted as like the national the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a shame. But I think that, that is a shame. You know, word of mouth. A lot of people mm-hmm. are seeing this film. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. not in the theater Felicia went to. <laughs> yeah. She put her feet up. But there was a fair amount of people in my theater. Yeah, same. There's a decent yeah. amount. So that's promising. Yeah, very, yeah. very good film. Yeah. Felicia, what's your last word on Anatomy of a Fall? Um, well, first, I do know why they're not submitting it. Oh, uh, oh It's because yeah. the director criticized the French government. Oh, now okay. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> so Silencing they're like, women. yeah, no, we don't like it. Silencing so women. Why. <laughs> I do, but I guess my last word would be that it would be an as much as I like, you know, the, we all know the Oscars really don't mean anything, but we still watch them. And it would be a shame if it wasn't nominated for something because I think that everything in this deserves to win, be nominated. But just to have a story by a woman about a woman with such strong performances and such strong writing would be. Uh, you know, remiss to not have it out there for more people to gain access to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that it's gotten the distribution that it's gotten, but I hope it gets more outside of because I think it's a movie film, so it'll just stay on movie. So I hope more people get to see it. Oh, okay. So it's going to be streaming on movie then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, Helen, what's your last word? Uh, last word for me is that I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I think that it is very well written, well directed, well acted. I encourage people to go and see it. And I, I hope we see it at the Oscars somewhere, mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Felicia. For yeah, thank you so much. Being here yeah. it was a real gals night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it should be for this movie. It should be. That's true. Um, why don't you let everyone know how they can, you know, follow the follow your podcast or follow you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on all the platforms that you would, you know, use to listen to a podcast. Um, I've also got a website, seeingfacesandmovies.com. So 
that'll have all the links to it but typically i'm more active on like instagram or twitter your ed letterboxd oh yeah my personal letterbox yes <laughs> but like that's sometimes i'm also like wary of letting people know because they're like you watch a lot of movies like <laughs> i'm like no i don't <laughs> my latest so, movies no yeah. shame yeah yeah you can find it linked somewhere <laughs> well thank you that was a lot of fun you had yeah some really thank you insight. so much nice to have Dude. you mm-hmm. thank you that's great um well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if Edison remembers to do it, you'll be able to find our episodes <laughs> on YouTube at Talk Movie to Me Podcast. Uh, that's just a little dig at Edison because he's not here. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm Helen. <laughs> I'm Miss Sinclair, and we'll see you next week.